Welcome back to the EverybodySuffers.com podcast. I'm Carl Brown. The truth is, everybody suffers. So how can I pray for you? My hope is that through this podcast, I can help you make sense out of suffering so that either you can experience consolation or you can share consolation with others. Today's episode is about the Eucharist. 2024 is the year that we're going to have the Eucharistic Congress in Indianapolis in July. So I am making a little series of episodes in my podcast about the Eucharist. And I'm calling this little series, Something You Can Chew On. See, I wrote a book called Something You Can Count On, which is about the Seven Stars Rosary. So it seemed only fitting to do a little pun there on the Eucharist. Something You Can Chew On. Originally intended to write a book, but that's just not going to happen. So enjoy these episodes. This is episode, I think it's episode number eight on the Eucharist. And this whole entire podcast, and certainly this episode, are sponsored by Our Lady of Quebejo. If you haven't learned about Our Lady of Quebejo, please go back and review my previous episodes. Uh, the message of Our Lady of Quebejo is absolutely urgent, essential. It's important that you know it. So let us begin with prayer in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in them the fire of your love. Lord, help me to say only what you want me to say. Make me forget whatever you don't want me to say. Our Lady of Kibeho, pray for us. Our Lady of Sorrows, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. We've talked about how each of the covenants of the Old Testament teach us about the Eucharist. With Adam and Noah, Melchizedek, Abraham... Isaac, Jacob, we're talking about Moses now, and the last episode was about the Passover, but now I want to talk about the manna, because while the Passover obviously points us to the Eucharist, the manna in the desert does just as much, if not more. And in the manna, as the people are wandering around in the wilderness in the book of Exodus for 38 years. They're trying to get to Israel, and this is, they need food. They're in a desert. God sends them food in the form of the manna, and it's bread for the journey. In 1 Kings chapter 19, the angel touches Elijah a second time and says, get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. Manna was food for the journey for people of God, the Israelites who were wandering through the desert. The Eucharist is bread for the journey for us. In our, in our wandering through this valley of tears as we hope to get to heaven Manna is the daily bread. Manna is food from heaven. The people of, of the Hebrews, when they woke up every morning, they found manna. They didn't know what it was, so they said, what is this? And in Hebrew, what is this means manna. 
We can you can read about it in Exodus 16. I'm not going to read from Scripture today, just to share with you about the Eucharist. So let's let's think about how the manna is like the Eucharist. How the manna points to the Eucharist. It's daily bread. It's but it's more than daily bread because it it appears in the morning like a dew every day, but there is double a portion on on Friday so that the the Israelites can rest on the Sabbath and not go and gather manna. You can't keep today's manna past tomorrow. It'll go bad. But if you kept, if you collect twice as much manna on Friday, it will still be good for the Sabbath. It's it's a, mir a miracle every time it happens. And that's how the Eucharist is. And we can receive the Eucharist every day. And we can certainly receive it in a special way on Sunday. It's kind of funny, the Eucharistic celebration of the Mass during the week is about 30 minutes long, and the Eucharistic celebration on Sunday is double <laughs> the daily celebration. So in, in that way, that's a, it's a sort of a, a one of the ways that the manna finds its fulfillment in the Eucharist. But there's something more, and this often gets overlooked, and that is the quail. Because when the when the people woke up, they found manna, to be sure, but they also found quail. And quail is just, in, ca in case you'd never heard of it, I had not, I'd heard of it, but I never saw it. I, I Googled it one time just to see what a quail look like. They're just small birds. And what's significant about that is that it's flesh. And and it's not it's not terrifying to find quail that you could hunt and eat every day. It'd be a little more terrifying if it were frogs every day or if it were some other creature. Because quail are not predators. They're not they're not um, they're not lizards, they're not amphibians, you know, so it's, it, it, there's nothing weird about quail. There's nothing scary or upsetting about finding quail in your camp every day, like there would be if we were talking about, you know, hamsters or something like that. But here's what I want to focus on, because we forget about the quail. But because there was manna and there was quail, in a certain sense, there's bread and there's flesh. And then when we look at the, the multiplication of the loaves, which is the miracle besides the resurrection, which is in each of the four Gospels, not all miracles are in all four Gospels, but the multiplication of loaves is. And in the multiplication of the loaves, it's not just the loaves. It's the loaves and the fish. So, once again, we have bread and we have flesh. And so, Jesus says in, the, the, in John chapter 6, the sermon on the bread of life, the bread of life discourse, Jesus says, I am the bread of life. And in verse 51, he says, the bread that I will give 
for the life of the world is my very flesh. And that is why, that's the significance of the, the manna and the quail, the loaves and the fishes. Jesus is the bread of life and it is, it is his very flesh. And he says, unless you chew on my flesh, you'll have no life within you, which is also where I got the, the term for the title of, of these episodes, something you can chew on because that's what the Eucharist is. It's something you can chew on and it's something you can meditate on. There's one other aspect of the manna, which is, which is really relevant, and that is the Ark of the Covenant, because the manna was stored in the Ark of the Covenant. And it's important because the Ark of the Covenant is a prefiguring of the Blessed Mother. And if the Ark of the Covenant held within it the manna, which is the spread from heaven, how much more did Mary carry within her the bread of life, which is Jesus? So she is the new Ark of the Covenant. The manna can teach us so much about the Eucharist, and it should make us want to go and receive the Eucharist every day. May we hunger for the bread of life every day. Thanks for joining me in this episode. Thanks for joining me in this podcast. Who can you share this podcast with? Who needs to hear this message? I hope that this whole series of episodes on the Eucharist is shared wide and far because as we learn more about the covenants of the Old Testament, we learn more about what the Eucharist means for us. I'm Carl Brown. This is the EverybodySuffers.com podcast. Everybody suffers, so how can I pray for you? You can email me your prayer request at carl at everybodysuffers.com. Either way, I'm going to pray for you. My hope is that through this podcast, I can help you make sense out of suffering so that either you experience consolation or you share consolation with others. Our Lady of Kibeho, pray for us. Our Lady of Sorrows, pray for us. God bless you. Have a great day.